Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, welcome back to another edition of Someone You Should Know. Glad to have you with us today. We're going to have a powerful show today, and I think you will gain a lot of information and insight from it. Uh, Today, we are pleased to be sponsored by our good friends over at No Sweat Experts. And it's getting a little chilly out now, and now's the time to call Roy Cook and his friends over there at No Sweat Experts to come out, check your system, Make sure you're all ready to go for the winter months. And uh, I'm waiting for the phone call from my buddy, Devin, who's going to be coming by to check our system out. Call No Sweat Experts. They're great people. They're courteous. They're knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. And also shout out to Christine Dean, who is the DFW networking diva and all for sponsoring the program and helping us in so many ways. I couldn't even begin to list them. Well, folks, I have a very special guest today. Jane Nady is my guest today. And uh, Jane, welcome. Welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Uh, You know, we are getting ready to head into the holidays. Uh, And sometimes it's a joyous time, but for many, many people, uh, it can be a bit of a challenging time. Um, and through personal experience and also in what you do in the field of mental health and humor, uh, human behavior, uh, I think it's an appropriate time that we share some information about it so people are better prepared to, to handle those holidays, especially those who may not, may not you know, be aware of, of what those holidays can mean to them. Uh, it says right under your beautiful face right now, Jane Nady, Imperfect Pathways. So I think the very first question I should throw out for you to explain to our listeners and viewers is, what is Imperfect Pathways? Imperfect Pathways is really a place where you can come, regardless of what you may be struggling with, whether it is you're feeling lost or you just don't know what that next step is in life. Maybe you're transitioning from being in a career for a really long time and now you're retiring and you just don't know what's next. You can be anybody from experiencing something like that to someone that is in the depths of PTSD or struggling with trauma that has occurred, somebody that's grieving. Really, we cover any area that someone just really wants to make a change, wants to get out of where they are right now and wants to begin creating something more. Is the general population uh, uh, unaware of really how serious this problem of mental health and and post-traumatic stress is? I think that it is becoming more and more apparent, um, especially since the pandemic happened. We are seeing more of an increase in people reaching out for support, really recognizing that there is something going on, that it isn't just something that they just need to 
get over or deal with. I think mm -hmm. that a lot of people have really learned that it doesn't have to be this way, that it is affecting them more than they imagine. They can't just distract themselves by being busy at work all day. And they were home much more and in the depths of some of the stuff that was causing some of the stress. So I think it's becoming more and more, um, there's just more awareness, I believe. Sure. Well, COVID uh, uh, was kind of a multi-edged sword because it uh, it uh, forced a lot of people to lose their jobs, to lose their homes, uh, to lose you know, their, their stream of income. And so that added to maybe a stress level that they already had. Um, and, and are we also uh, recognizing personally our our stress levels you know or are we also uh, as as human beings starting to recognize stress levels in other people and then saying I think maybe it's time to intervene with this person and and reach out to them and ask them how how are you doing and do, if you need some help I'm here or you can reach out to to Jane Nady in order to get more information about how you can, can get into a program or help yourself? I think there we are becoming more aware of the stress and the stressors that are occurring. I think we need to grow a little more and get out. We need to increase the knowledge that it is okay to reach out. So I think we're becoming more aware and seeing it in other people and seeing it in ourselves, but there's still that barrier of reaching out to help or reaching yeah, out for help. Yeah. What, what you said, I think is very important. I think it, it, it's a matter of, of looking in the mirror and saying, you know, I've been dealing with this long enough and I really need, I really think I need some help. Just like the, the alcoholic who who refuses to say they have a problem with with liquor, uh, that eventually they have to look at themselves and say, you know what, I am an alcoholic and I need help. And they reach out to get that help because the alternative, the alternative can be devastating. Am I right? Right. Right. Very you much know, so. If, if they don't reach out and you know from from what you're you're speaking you are you're located right in the middle of the country in Iowa and you know you you based what you do on a regular basis now on your background how where you grew up how you grew up and what you faced can you share that with with the people that are listening and watching absolutely i really got where I am now because of my own personal experience. Uh, I went through a lot of trauma in my childhood and young adulthood. And because of that trauma and the effects of trauma, it, it kind of snowballed. I would continue to have people in my life that I thought I could help that were actually hurting me further and causing further trauma. So it came to a point where I had hit the bottom. I was in such a deep, dark place. I was struggling. I couldn't do it anymore. I just felt a lot of pain and just didn't feel like anybody understood or really could relate to what I was going through or see it. I was always the person that was helping and fixing everybody else and always there for everybody. So 
but I wasn't being there for myself. I wasn't doing what I needed to do for myself. And it really got to a point where I was at the bottom in that deep, dark place. And thankfully, one person reached out and really saved my life. And that's when I began that healing journey, my healing journey. And through that journey, I found my true purpose. And that's exactly how I got where I am today and why I am and why I chose to be a coach because coaches are those people that most often they have experienced exactly what they're coaching other people on. They've been in that place. They understand where you are and that's impactful and powerful for people to feel and see that somebody hears them and sees them and understands where they're at and has walked that walk through that healing process and become successful and is a person that people look at and are shocked when they hear my story. They're shocked when they hear I have eight diagnoses, I'm med resistant. And yet here I am, I'm a woman that owns her own business that is very successful and in what I view as success, because it's all personal preference on what success looks like. But um, yeah, so that's why I became a coach. I was an educator for 10 plus years. My master's is in education. I loved it. But what I really loved was building those relationships with my students that were struggling and had those home lives that were chaotic and difficult. And so I went to be in the mental health field full time and I became the suicide intervention and substance abuse prevention coordinator for the Iowa National Guard. I went around Iowa and trained our National Guard soldiers and helped support them. And from that, I wanted to help on a larger scale. I wanted to help first responders. As a former first responder myself, I knew that community needed support as well. Same with um, civilians. So I just, that's why I became a coach and began Imperfect Pathways. You know, it's interesting because having gone through what you did at a young age in your in your childhood and and your your adolescent years, there are so many people that would say, "I want to put this so far behind me uh, that I don't even want to ever look back." And then there are other people like you who say, "Because of what I went through, I want to make sure that no other person goes through it too." And so you embrace it, you study it, and you make it your life's calling in order to do it. Uh, you meant you mentioned working with our our our, uh, our military. Uh, we all know that a great, great, you know, too great a number of our veterans uh, are faced with post traumatic stress, and the suicide level among uh, our veterans is staggering. And we keep trying to reduce the numbers, and they just don't seem to to reduce as as quickly as we would like them to. You also added our first responders, and I am so glad that after after so much time, we didn't just say it's our military people that have these post traumatic stress issues. That it is it is our first responders also, and they have been put into that that brother and sisterhood uh, of it. Your background again, it's because of what you went through in your childhood, but also. You were a firefighter. 
and you're you're even married to a firefighter. So it's not a matter that you studied to be what you are. You lived to be what you are. I mean that I think I think that right there qualifies you to be able to say to other people, if you want answers, you know, call me, get in touch with me, reach out. We will be scrolling your website uh, on uh, across the screen. Um, and, and it's very, very important that people take the time to visit because you may personally not have issues, uh, but you may know somebody that does. And the more knowledge that you have in order to reach out and help them, I mean, isn't that what it's really all about is, is that, that see something, say something that if you see that there's somebody that's struggling in their life and needs a little bit of help, they, they need to reach out. And having said that, can people, no matter where they're living in this, in this country, can they reach out to, to Jane Nady to, to get answers and all, or are you just qualified to work with people in your, your local communities and in the state of Iowa? That's a great question. No, I am able to work with people across the United States. I actually have clients from all over. We can either do it via Zoom or the phone. I, I've, yeah, anyone across the United States, I'm happy to help. And you did mention that it is about not only recognizing it in yourself, but when you see it in someone else, having the resources and understanding what choices are out there, because there's more than people think to choose to get support. And I highly recommend uh, going with multiple different sources and resources to help in the healing journey. That's really what my journey was mainly about was all the different types of help that I got through that process. It made my healing so much more impactful and long lasting. So really just understanding those resources and having the courage to say something, just reach out saying, listen, I'm seeing this. Are you really okay? Is there something I can help you with? It's really about asking that question. You know, how can I, or anyone that's watching or listening to this program, what are maybe some of the steps to, to do to approach someone that you may feel is experiencing you know, suicidal thoughts or post-traumatic stress, uh, you know, how, how, what's the best approach we can take? If you see some of those warning signs, like the risky behavior or the major change in who they are and what they're doing, withdraw, things like that. If you're noticing those signs, don't be afraid to ask the question. And I actually am a certified trainer for uh, applied suicide intervention training. I, that's what I trained in the guard and I train with departments and other people now. And that's one of the main things I tell every single one of the people that come to one of my trainings. The number one thing to take away from it is ask, don't be afraid. There's so many myths out there. People think if I mention it, I'm going to put it in their head. Trust me or not. People know what suicide is. They know at young ages, it is not that is a complete myth. You're not going to put it into their head. The only way to prevent it is to talk about it. It's the, it's the only way is to ask. And you need to ask directly. You really do need to say those 
words. Are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about killing yourself? You need to ask them directly because anything else people can sidestep. When they're asked that most often, people will be very honest because they're in a place where they do want help. They just don't know where to go. It feels hopeless. But if they know that somebody's asking, they ask them directly, they're going to be honest. So really just asking. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of people feel that, you know, well, I'm, I'm not going to ask because I don't want to get involved, except when that person does attempt something on their own life, it, it, then you don't want to be in a position of saying, I should have said something. You know, you've got, we've got to all be a little bit more proactive because unfortunately, the as I said earlier, the problem seems to maybe not accelerated, but it certainly has not decelerated over the years. Even with all of the help that the VA is is giving and various organizations are giving in order to recognize mental health issues and behavioral issues, uh, it's a long process. And there are more and more people that are falling into that 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 hole. And we've got to do everything that we can to, to, to help them out. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned earlier that you're a certified in, in in something called assist, which I think is the applied suicide intervention skills. What kind of training did you have to go through in order to be in that position to to help other people? Yeah, the assist program is it's a two day training and it is applied suicide intervention skills training. It really is an interactive training. Um, that's one that you don't just sit there and watch the PowerPoint. That is not what it is. It's highly interactive. We talk about how do you ask the question, what do you do when they, if you do get a yes? Because that is what most people are scared of. It's the yes. We're not scared of a no if we ask that question. We want the no. We're scared of the yes. So what do we do when we get that yes? That's where people get stuck. That's why they are afraid to even ask the question. So we go through that and it's highly interactive. It's the assist training is by living works. And what I had to do to become a trainer was I had to actually go and be trained with their company and go through a long workshop and training. Um, and then I was able to be certified and then you have to train so many, which I did in the guard. So I trained so many and then you're on your own to go and train and you, you keep up with that. You have to do so many a year, but, um, and then on top of that, I also have, I'm also a certified mental health first aid trainer as well. Um, and I have specialty programs in that. It's a similar thing. You had to be trained to be the trainer. Um, and I offer that for anybody, any adults for, to train them on what to do. If there is somebody that's struggling with the mental health crisis, uh, I also have specialty programs that are like subcategories of that, specifically for fire and EMS, another one specifically for public safety, and another one for military and veterans. So I offered those trainings, plus I custom build my own because of my background in education. So Multi, Multi-talented you are. <laughs> because you have those resources you can you can you can you know customize those to to the need i'm i'm surprised that you say that this that that there is a program that's is uh you know as as short as 2 days uh and and my ears peaked up 
And I'm sure that there's a lot of people watching and listening that say, wow, two days I can maybe make a difference in somebody's life. Is this just your program or is this a program that's available to people nationwide to take advantage of? This is a program that is nationwide. Um, you can look up assist training and by Living Works, and they do have multiple programs. There are trainers all over. I actually travel all over in the United States and train this. It is one of the most highly regarded suicide intervention trainings in the world. It is worldwide. So wow. it is very well taken advantage. Yeah, and, and the guard actually requires um, and the army actually as well requires a certain percentage of each uh, unit to have soldiers trained in this so that they can support each other. And that is what they're doing to decrease the amount of our military members that are struggling and, and attempting and completing suicide. How active is our Veterans Administration in this in these kinds of programs? I will tell you, I can. Um, the, it is mandatory for a certain percentage to be trained in this, and I can tell you from my personal experience, I even had first sergeants in my training, and that's just not something that they often had to do when it came to those kind of trains. It was usually for um, more of those that are newer to the military because a lot of them had been trained in, in other things throughout the years. But I had first sergeants sitting in my training and encouraging soldiers to speak out. So it is, we're seeing that shift. We're seeing the positive effects of putting these types of trainings into place, whether it be they're doing it within or bringing civilians in to do it or the programs that are on the outside. I actually provide peer support for military and first responders and other groups as well. But um, and and use some of those skills there as well. So just really getting those supports both in the military and when you're out as well. I mean, I, I can't believe that I have been around. I've been a, vet, a, a veteran. Uh, I'm a Vietnam veteran. And so all of these decades and all, I didn't know that that there were programs like this that, ex that exist. So, I mean, it's, it's so refreshing to know that as I age, my generation ages and the, the uh, Korean, the, the, uh, you know, Gulf war, uh, veterans, uh, those from Afghanistan and Iraq and all now have some of these programs that are available to them. So they don't have to sit on the couch in solitude and say, my life is not worth anything that there are programs like this, that they can avail themselves too. And again, folks, visit the website because there's a lot of knowledge there and, and be able to understand what it's all about. Uh, I want to ask you, because you are also part of a, a, another program uh, called the 1042 Project, uh, and that's a nonprofit. Um, and, and tell everybody a little bit more about how that came to be and how you are involved with the 1042 Project. Absolutely. The 1042 Project was founded by a, a former officer uh, here in central Iowa. He had been an officer for many years, but it didn't take very long before he 
started feeling the effects of the trauma that began to occur as an officer. He was seeing things that as first responders, we know that there's going to be things that aren't the best to see, but you just really don't know what effect that's going to have on you until it's almost too late. So he had gone to a couple of calls and he, he kept thinking he would fight. He was, you know, he kept just, I can get past this one, just keep going on call on call. And it began to accumulate. So he got to the point where he was ready to take his own life. And that's when he, in his words, he had this vision of what became 1042 Project. He saw someone sitting in the exact same place that he had been and he, but it wasn't him. So he saw that instead of taking his own life, he needed to help people just like him. He needed to go and get the word out and, and help first responders that were struggling. And so he began the 1042 project and this had been in place for, Oh, he very first began it. I think at least probably a year before I got involved and it just so happened my husband, which has been on Facebook one time in his entire life, happened to jump on Facebook this day and his uncle had posted about 1042 Project. And I had begun Imperfect Pathways at this point. And of course, my heart being what it is and my purpose being what it is, I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out. And I had worked with Dan at the police station in 2005. So I was in their office. I did a lot of their office work. Um, <clears throat> so I reached out to him and said, Hey, I don't know if you remember who I am, but you know, here I am. This is what I do. How can I help? I will help you in any way that I possibly can. It's really important what you're doing. He got right back to me. Of course he remembered who I was, he said, and we met and it was definitely meant to be because he has the same passion I do. His wife is the co-founder, Christina Deffenbaugh. She is the co-founder. She is just as passionate. So we have been hitting the ground running and really um, getting out there. We've gone to a mental health conference in uh, Boston. I know they went to one in Idaho and doing a bunch of conferences around the United States, getting the word out about 1042 Project. And what we do is uh, there's a mental health library. So a lot of videos out there, we will be vetting mental health resources. We want to go out and find those resources that understand first responders and military service members that really get it because there are those barriers and that stigma that exists there. And we're all built in that community. We're built to be the people that respond to the emergencies, those protectors, those people that have, you know, we're the ones that need to be ready at any moment. So we really struggle with that. We're not supposed to have anything wrong with us, that guilt, that shame. So we wanted to break down all those barriers. And with that mental health library, people can go in the privacy of their own home and search out the resources and start to begin to really look into what resources are out there Beyond just your therapist or psychiatrist, which are the number one things people first think of, because that's what we've known, but there's so much more. There's art therapy, there's coaching, there's 
course therapy. There's so many different avenues you can take that help you just begin that step of reaching out. Sometimes the therapist's office can be intimidating and can be kind of a turnoff to people, especially people that are very protected and trained to be a certain strength. So coaching, something like coaching or peer support or those other options are a great stair step into getting into therapy or a great combination with therapy. So we help to break down those barriers by using that mental health library. On top of that, we do training. So I provide all their mental health services that they do provide, which is we do all the training that I do with Imperfect Pathways. And I facilitate their peer support group, which is free. And we have it twice a month, uh, the second and fourth Tuesday in Des Moines. So any and all military members and first responders are welcome to that. We're getting ready to begin where we're also having a peer support group for family members as well, because that's a whole nother avenue is our family members and our loved ones that are trying to support us and not really understanding necessarily what we're going through. So offering that as well. And then other things as well that we offer for first responders and their families. Now you, you, you mentioned the, the, the local community, but are some of these available virtually for people around the country that want to get involved in any of those same programs that you're talking about? Yes, that was a great question. It is available. I actually travel all over and train for in Perfect Pathways and 1042 Project. So either way, I travel all over and train any of the mental health trainings. If you have something you're wanting trained and uh, you don't necessarily see it, I can custom build that for you for to meet exactly what you need. Uh, I can do some trainings via Zoom and peer support. I go, I travel around and help departments and other organizations train to put on their own peer support group. So I will go out and train them on how to facilitate those and how to build those within their own departments or organizations. You are billed as a master mindset and trauma coach. Define that for the audience, if you would. Absolutely. As a mindset and trauma coach, I'm able to really meet you where you are. And we look at why what is happening, why it's happening. And we will look at where you want to go. Where where do you want to be? What is your end goal? And we look at how we can create that and build that together. So I serve as a guide, accountability partner, somebody to help walk that journey with you. I can help identify some of the hurdles that you're going to come across. We can plan for that and really build your toolbox in all those strategies that you can use to create a life that you've been longing for. Some of us are only dreaming about what we want our life to be, but we're not taking those steps to get there. I am that person you can reach out to, to identify what those steps are. We will, your past will come up in that. We will deal with some of the things you've dealt with in the past, but really what I'm all about is taking where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. And we work through anything that comes up along the way. And your mindset, your mindset is 
it revolves around everything and anything, whether you're in business, whether you're struggling with mental health, your mindset is involved in anything that you do. So it's really just about looking at who you are, why you do what you do, and how you can change some of those things to create the life you want. You know, the image that comes into my mind is, is you know, my, my grandmother always used to say that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think that a lot of people that are in these kinds of stress levels find themselves in this dark tunnel looking for the light to get out. And, and I think what you're saying is you don't have to be in that tunnel alone, that you can have somebody like yourself in that tunnel to help you find that light, to guide you to that light. Uh, do you find that the some of the people that you have helped over the years have turned around and paid it forward, that they now have gone be, to, to take some of those programs and to assist uh, in other people who are faced with those, uh, you know, stress and suicide levels? Absolutely. There are multiple people that come to mind when you say that. I've had soldiers come from the darkest of the dark places and now are serving as that, that person that you can reach out to within their own units and beyond, even out into their civilian lives as well. I've had clients that are just regular civilian clients that have also accompanied me to speak to other people about their journey or came to peer support groups to be another peer that helps lead them through that. So if they, that is the best part about coaching is you're not only, it's kind of a great marriage between therapy and peer support. It's that person that yeah. really is the combination of both. I mean, and I, that's, that's so valuable because as a veteran, uh, I have often found that when I go to veteran organization meetings, uh, that nobody nobody can open up to a veteran like a veteran. And so if there's somebody that has been down a tough path uh, and has found a way out, to share that information with somebody else who is reaching out has got to be a win-win situation for both of them. Absolutely. And I hear that often from all of my peer support groups. That is the number one thing I found the most value in in my journey. It was the most impactful to have somebody that really understands where I come from. Because when you're in that dark place, that dark tunnel, you feel alone. No matter how much people say, you know, I understand you don't, unless somebody can say, listen, yeah. here's what I've been through. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's exactly why we have these peer support groups. I have a peer support group for trafficking survivors, military veterans and first responders, just so many different groups. And every single person that's left those has come out saying the exact same thing. It's so impactful to have somebody that understands. You, you mentioned you were a firefighter. Are, are you still a firefighter? Do you still, still uh, uh, do voluntary firefighting work? I am not currently because of beginning my own business and everything like that. My time was taken. I am highly involved in crisis intervention in that aspect, but 
I am not, am looking to do that again. I'm really missing it. I want to go back. I want to continue to do some of that. My time is just pretty limited. So trying to figure out how that's going to look, but I am married <laughs> to a firefighter EMS too. So highly involved in the world, but I'm definitely missing it. What was it like setting up, you know, this business of yours, this imperfect pathways, uh, you know, what, where was it in your life that you said, you know what, I, I, I just, I want to be able to help other people, but I want to do it in a more structured way and to, to form this. I mean, you're, you're a, a woman owned, uh, operation. Uh, I mean, I think you're a, a one person army, if you will. Uh, you're just a wealth of knowledge and, and people that don't take advantage of it. You're doing yourself an injustice. Uh, as I say, you can get the information from imperfectpathways.com. Uh, look at it, send a note to, to, to Jane to say, I got a question and I think maybe I'd like to do, do, something with you, or I'd like to learn more, or I would like you to be able to train our uh, fire uh, department or our police department uh, so that we have somebody on our staff that can get directly involved and find those steps. So what was it in, in Jane Nady's life that said, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to, to make this into a business? Yeah, it really came from when I was the suicide prevention and substance abuse prevention coordinator for the Iowa National Guard, I was absolutely loving what I was doing. And it, it was the same within the school system as well. What I kept seeing was uh, limitations and barriers in place in some places that really was hard for me to watch. So I really wanted to go out and create this business where I was able to help anyone and everyone at any point in time. My phone is always on. My clients are able to reach me anytime, day or night. They have access to me between appointments. And that's on purpose. I wanted to be able to have people reach out and when they're struggling or when something comes up and just be able to say, hey, this is going on. I don't know what to do. If I'm not the resource, and trust me, I'm very honest about that. If I'm not the resource for you right in that moment, I will get you to the resource you need. I will find whoever it is that you're looking for or what you're looking for and help connect you. I will even help you in that process of making those calls. So really it was about helping more people and helping them without the restriction, because unfortunately within the military, if you get support within that military system, they have access to all of that as well. So that puts up this barrier to people. So I wanted more when I'd find when I would go to help soldiers find resources when they were struggling, you couldn't find very many resources in the public, especially in Iowa, that were military informed. They may not be in the military, but at least have knowledge and experience with military members. It's very difficult to find. Same with first responders. So I wanted to provide that out in the community, this resource that had no ties to anything, a safe place that really understood. And so I began in Perfect Pathways. And I also think it's safe to say, you know, that if you have questions or issues like this, 
you know, yeah, somebody, a doctor or whatever can say, well, here's a pamphlet for you to read, or, or I suggest that you read this book, or you go to this website. I don't think, and I think you can back me up, there is no other better substitute, or there is no substitute for a one-on-one with a somebody who takes a caring for you. That, that wants to be a part of your life, wants to be a part of your, your solution. Uh, you know, I was in going over some of the Very notes uh, about you, you I, in some of the notes, I, I noticed there was something that said that you work in prevention, intervention, and postvention. And I said, postvention? I never heard that. What is, what is postvention? That's an excellent question. Uh, And many people say that postvention is after there has been a suicide. One thing that people don't realize is there is such a thing as what's called contagion. So when there has been a suicide, whether it be in uh, a department or a workplace or even in someone's home, if you've lost a family member and you have other children or other family members, Many people don't realize the effects that can have on other people without them even realizing it. Um, There are a lot of people that are struggling without anybody knowing anything about it. So when you lose someone, speaking from experience, I've lost a couple loved ones as well. There is, you really do need to put into place, have somebody come in and speak to those that you know directly are affected. We can never actually know how many people are affected by it because for example a student we don't know if a person that passes them in the hallway is affected even though they weren't best friends with them so we'll never know the full impact but it is very important to come in and and have things like postvention which really talks about coping with what happened talking about it giving resources for grief and really learning about those warning signs in those around us as well after we've lost somebody that we love. So I do provide that as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously the best solution for a situation like that is to, to intervene ahead of the occurrence rather than after afterwards. And that's what I said earlier about the see something, say something. There are signs, there are signals uh, you can find a lot of them by going to to Jane's website, uh, Imperfect Pathways. Visit the website. Uh, if if you're satisfied with what you get from the website, fine. You know, adopt it, embrace it. Uh, if there are questions, reach out to Jane and say, you know what, I think I think I need a one-on-one with you to talk about this more. Or if if you're the chief of police or chief of a of a fire department and say, you know what. We need this program in our city. Uh, again, I think that you have the programs that will allow these these people to institute programs that will be proactive and help their, their departments. I highly encourage, especially chiefs of departments and those that are in charge of making those decisions, I highly encourage you to reach out. We are seeing the effects of those programs being put into place and prevention is the key. 
we need to begin to train our first responders and train our military service members in the very beginning in the academy at boot camp we should be doing more of this mental health training than is being provided and if we do that we will see our officers and our firefighters and our soldiers wanting to stay in and wanting to continue to serve in that capacity but if we don't do that what's happening is this trauma is piling on top of each other one after another and we're losing officers whether it be to suicide or to substance abuse to um, just it being too much and then leaving we're, when we travel across the united states and we do these trainings and conferences i often hear officers and firefighters saying i don't want my children to go into what i'm doing i don't want them to it's not what i want for them right now and that's that's going to affect us completely as a society if we're not starting to prevent this and preparing them and training them in things like resiliency, which I also offer, but just any of those prevention pieces that we can to just equip them the best we can and providing all those resources so that if they do start to struggle, they know it's okay to reach out. They do so and they get to heal faster and are able to continue to help the rest of our community. So I, I think you're right. I think every organization really should have a, a, uh, a suicide prevention officer or so on their staff that is trained to then, then sit down and have, have uh, programs and classes to teach their, their staff so that, that everybody is on board, just like, uh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, communities all over the country are starting with with uh, uh, um, first aid classes for people. What to do in a, in a situation uh, of of having to render first aid? Your programs are phenomenal, Jane, and you you have lived the life. Uh, you you talk the talk, but you have also walked the walk. And uh, I applaud you and what you are doing. I I can't thank you enough for taking the time to share your expertise and your knowledge with with our audience. And and you know they're from all over the country. And if there's anything that Jane has said today that says to you or to your community, we need a little bit more knowledge and help. This is the lady to reach out to. Jane, thank you, thank you for taking the time to be with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, I leave my show by saying be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And I am true to that, to that uh, statement. And all I thank you again for tuning in to someone you should know. Uh, thanks again to Jane Nady for being uh, my very, very special guest. All the very best to you in the future with your programs, Jane. Thank you. And that'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Hope you'll be right here again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Go out and make it a good day. Someone You Should Know.